I want to ask you, if you would, to take your Bibles, please, and turn with me to the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. The New Testament book of 1 Corinthians. We'll look at chapter 6, and we're going to read one verse today, just one passage. We'll reflect upon some others as well. If those of you who are turning in by live stream, I want to encourage you to share this with somebody as we're going to be looking at some hot topics beginning today, today and over the next few weeks. What I want to do today is I want to read the text. I want us to pray for another church here in town as they experience something new today. And then right after I finish praying, you're going to see a video that lasts about two minutes. And I think it'll help us to uh, help prepare us a little bit for what we'll be looking at today. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 is our focus. The Apostle Paul writes, notice now he has this in quotations, this first phrase, and we'll explain why in just a few minutes, but just just want to point that out. All things are lawful for me. So he's quoting something. He's quoting something. So he says, all things are lawful for me, but then notice next, it's not quoted. He says, but not all things are helpful. So this is, this is him speaking. Then he says, all things are lawful for me again. And so, again, in quotations, then he says, but I will not be enslaved by anything. So let me read the whole thing. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. Before we pray, you'll see a picture of Mount Washington First Baptist Church and it says Pastor Billy Compton. I failed to change that this week because they have a new pastor now, Jason Clark. He begins today. He begins today. So I want to pray for him and for the church there as they have an exciting new beginning. They've been in this community for a long time serving. So I want us to pray for them as we pray for ourselves. Right after that, we'll, we'll watch something together. Our Father, we want to be truly grateful today for your church in Mount Washington. We are not the only congregation. We're not the only one uh, supporting missions. We're not the only ones uh, carrying on and advancing the kingdom of God. There are others. And we're thankful specifically this morning for Mount Washington First Baptist Church. As Jason begins his first day with him and his family, we Pray that there will be a warm welcome and that this will be a renewal time, a refreshing time for them, and that today uh, today will be a great day of worship for them. As, and may it be for us today. Lord, as we, as we face the trials of life, as we face all the temptations in, in a broken world, a world that seems like it's gone crazy, uh, Lord, may we hear from heaven today. May we hear your word declared distinctly and powerfully and with clarity and under the anointing power of your spirit today. May, may your people be encouraged and, and receive instruction and guidance for Christian living. And ultimately, Lord, may when we lead today, may, may we want to take our walk 
much, much more seriously with our Savior. In his name we pray. Amen. People are celebrating in a different way. You've likely heard by now about Denver's now somewhat infamous International Church of Cannabis. It's been making headlines nationwide all week, and it officially opened today. The Nazareth Russell Haythorn is there live, and Russell, they will allow the parishioners to smoke marijuana right there on site. Yes, as long as you bring it yourself. The church is not allowed to smell sell marijuana, and uh, we can definitely smell it. Um, and you must be 21 to smoke it per state law. And they are indeed, members here today are indeed toking up. This is unlike any other church service I've ever been to. Some neighbors have argued this is nothing more than a social pot club. Uh, but the church founders insist it is not a sanctuary for stoners, rather a gathering place for those looking to awaken their spiritual self through pot. They call themselves elevationists, and I asked a member to explain what that means. Um, in my opinion, it's really just meditating and finding yourself. Um, it's kind of having your own mind and believing and going with it. The founders spent about $1 million to renovate this century-old church, and some of the detail, especially in this ceiling, is incredible. This is not an entirely new concept. There are other cannabis churches in other states around the country where organizers have argued the practice is constitutionally protected as a religious freedom. So, is this why Dale and Carla moved to Colorado? I couldn't resist that. Sherry, Sherry, I couldn't resist that. I know it's not, of course, but... Hey, here's what we want to do today. We're going to begin a series on hot topics over the next few weeks. And um, next Sunday, we'll be looking at the question of, should Christians drink alcohol? Should Christians view pornography? And we'll work through a series of of, uh, shoulds. But uh, notice we're not asking can, we're asking should. Today, we're going to ask the question, should a Christian smoke pot? Now, I know for some of you old-timers, you know, I'll include myself in this, okay? Some of you old-timers, you would hear a question like this and go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I mean, why would we even have to ask that question? And I'm going to explain why in just a moment. But I want to say at the beginning, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not out to condemn anybody, um, I know that there will be people who will hear this who are unbelievers. They're not part of the church, and um, I'm, not, I'm not here to judge them. I'm not here to condemn them. Uh, my prayer is, and hopes is that, that they would come to Jesus and experience new life in him. Because, you know, you, you, you can live your life and never smoke pot and never do a lot of vices and still go to hell. You understand? So, so you're not saved by avoiding things. You're saved by receiving Christ. And so I'm not here to condemn anybody. And if you're here this morning and maybe you're here present or you're listening by some other mode, if you're, if you're a Christian and, and you um, maybe you are indulging in some things that is not really helping your Christian life, I'm not, I'm not here to condemn you. But I hope that you will listen. I hope that you will listen because as your pastor, uh, I have an obligation. 
to watch over your souls. And I'm like, I'm like the Apostle Paul. I, I want to see Christ formed in you. Which means that we would grow in a greater Christ-likeness. And that we don't want anything that will hinder that. Anything that would obstruct that. And so that's my prayer. That's my goal this morning. It's not to condemn. It's not to slam anybody. It's just simply to ask a serious question that's bigger. That's, it's bigger than marijuana. This is bigger than marijuana this morning. And I think you'll see that as we go. Now, first, I want to make a distinction between, when we talk about marijuana, I want to make a distinction between medical marijuana and recreational marijuana. I am not talking about medical marijuana this morning. That is another subject altogether. I want to focus on recreational. You might say, what's the difference? Uh, Medical marijuana is marijuana that is recommended by a doctor for the treatment of a medical condition. And so I'm not talking about medical marijuana today. I am focusing completely on recreational marijuana, which is marijuana that is used without medical justification. And it has a higher THC content, which means THC is that element in marijuana that gives you the high. And so medical marijuana has less THC where recreational marijuana naturally would have a higher THC element. So should a Christian smoke pot? Now we have to ask some questions around that question this morning. And the first one is this. Why do we ask this question? Why do we even ask this question? And the reason is this. There's been radical shifts in the acceptance of marijuana, not just in our country, but if you were listening to the news last week, you know, Canada has jumped on board with with both feet. Um, Around the world, we're seeing more acceptance of marijuana. And if 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 you haven't been around, or maybe you're a young person, you've been around long and you didn't know this, but back in 1991, the American public, only 17% were for the legalization of marijuana. Now it's 58% and climbing. And so you'll see a map. Maybe this will help you. I'll call it my marijuana map, okay? Um, Nine legal recreational marijuana states in D.C. and 29 legal medical marijuana states. Now, what you need to see here is this, is that in a matter of time, marijuana will be completely legal from coast to coast. It is just a matter of time. It begins, most often it begins with medical marijuana, moving on later to legal. Now, some bypass medical altogether and just jump right in and and have both. But... Why do we ask this question? Look, I, again, I'm not, I'm not talking to the world this morning, speaking to the church. And here, here's something that I have noticed, and I wanted to pay attention to this. Uh, for example, in Colorado, when, when uh, marijuana became legal in Colorado, I began to pay attention to some articles that were being written, especially by pastors and people within the church. And what happened was, as the legality of marijuana is it became legal 
attitudes begin to change within the church. For example, believers were saying this, now that it's legal, it's a good time for me to examine my Christian freedom. In other words, I stayed away from this when it was illegal because, you know, I want to honor the government, what the government said. But now the government has said, hey, you know, in my state it said that this is okay. And so now that this has changed, I'm kind of thinking differently. I'm, I'm kind of wondering, is it really that bad? It must not be that bad now that it's legal. And so I began to notice that within the church world, Attitudes were were shifting simply because marijuana has gained a greater degree of acceptance in the public. That brings us to a second question. The first question, why, why? Well, it's, it's because attitudes are changing within the church. Second question, though, what does the Bible say? I mean, most of us would start there. We'd say, well, wait a minute. Well, we just need to find out what the Bible says, and that'll settle the matter. Well... Marijuana is not mentioned specifically in the Bible. The only reference that we have to, if it's even close, is found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. You'll see, and God said, Behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. Now, it's in chapter 1 of Genesis, Creation, God's good creation. This is part of God's good creation. Now, the first thing we'll notice that this would refer, in a general way, it would refer to marijuana. But notice it, it, it says it's for food. The specific intent falls in the category of food. Now, while one might want to use this verse as a defense for marijuana to be consumed, say, in brownies. And by the way, no one puts marijuana in brownies to make them taste better. Okay? Let's just be clear on that. It's to get high. Okay? But if, 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 if you were to use this verse and say, look, this is my justification, this is my defense to use marijuana, it, it, it would only refer simply to marijuana consumed as an edible, it would undercut your argument for smoking it. This verse has nothing to do with smoking it at all, okay? So you're going to face this question somewhere along the way. Someone's going to put it this way. Well, isn't marijuana part of God's good creation? According to Genesis 1 and 29. And the assumption is, what they mean is, it's part of God's good creation, It can be used whatever way you want. There's a huge difference. Now listen, there's a huge difference between saying there must be a good purpose for marijuana versus saying all purposes of marijuana is good. There's a difference between those two, right? In other words, we might might be able to identify a good purpose for marijuana, but we certainly wouldn't go as far to say all Purposes for marijuana are good. For example, THC, the active ingredient in marijuana, does seem to help some people with certain medical conditions. That's, that's an undisputed fact. However, let's take fire, for example. We could say fire is a good thing. Fire, you know, we're we able to cook with it, we're able to stay warm with it. But 
fire can be used to destroy, as we see out west right now. You see, it's out of control. And so my, my point is, we, we, it would not be wise to say, well, this one verse in the Bible, it, it speaks of marijuana being part of God's good creation. We might be able to say, yes, there, there would be. We might be able to find a purpose. But even that is not for smoking marijuana. One other question, and this one's an important one. How do we make this decision? The decision of should a Christian smoke pot? How do we make this decision? Now, some people will say, well, we just need to get the best advice we can. You know, there's some people out there that are, you know, they're, they're, they're cons. They say, no, now, here's why. You shouldn't smoke it because of these reasons. But then there's others who have what they believe to be good reasons why it should be legalized. So, so how do we make this decision? Do we, do we listen to the pros and the cons and try to figure it out? For, for example, uh, the, the governor of uh, California, Jerry Brown, he is an extremely liberal individual. His record has proved that. Uh, back in 1996, they legalized medical marijuana and have since legalized recreational. But in between that time of voting to legalize medical and recreational, Jerry Brown had some concerns. As, as liberal as he was, he was concerned about recreational pot being legal in California. Here was his reason. He said, I don't want our people to lose their competitive edge because too many people are getting stoned. <laughs> even, even he, as a liberal-minded individual, who's not, who's not an enemy against marijuana, even he... Even he said, look, this is probably not a good idea for our state because many of our people are going to lose that competitive edge. Why? Because they're stoned. They're high. Then I have a, a, a little testimonial here from an ex-weed addict. Here's what he said. I'm an ex-weed addict and God freed me from it. I would smoke every second of my life if I could have. It's very addictive. Every one of my old friends are still chasing weed every day. I call them weed tweakers. They can't do anything without it, and they freak out when the bag gets low. Jeez, I would pay for weed before paying bills and would leave, uh, wouldn't leave unless I had weed or was getting weed. That's addiction. Not fun chasing it and realizing you can't get high anymore because you're so dull from it. And he goes on to say, I've been sober for five years. Now, I've just given you two cons. Governor, California, would say, hey, you know, we need to back up on this a little bit. And an ex-weed person. But then, if you're trying to make a decision, and we often kind of go with what we want anyway, there's plenty of pros for marijuana. For example, one of them is increased tax revenues. Now, you're going to hear that a lot as the argument sweeps across the country. More tax revenues. Uh, states will have more money to spend on social programs and welfare. We'll be able to do so much more. We'll be able to fix the roads, fix the bridges, you know. And, you know, there might be some truth to that. But then there's another argument, a, a pro, that says that there will be less teenage usage. Now, that's just flat out wrong. 
All you have to do is look at Colorado again. And you will hear the teachers, teachers in public school, crying out saying, look, since this has become legal, we've gone off the rails. We've got kids. We've got kids smoking pot. Now, remember, legalization, remember, you've got to be 21. But still, in spite of that law, the legalization of it has crept into the schools. And so don't believe for a minute that this is going to somehow alleviate children and teenagers from smoking pot. And then don't believe this one. This is another pro for marijuana. It's going to eliminate the black market. Now, all you have to do is have a conversation with police officers or the police department, and they will let you know that is simply not true. In fact, it's going to be and has been exactly the opposite. And so here's the problem. If you're trying to make a decision and you say, and there's plenty, you go online, go online, you'll see the pros and the cons. And so you're trying to make a decision, should, should a Christian smoke pot? Well, what, what's, what's the experts say? I got news for you. Doctors do not agree. Professionals do not agree. Some will say it's great, it's a good thing. Others will say this is the worst thing possible. And so here's the problem. How do you make your way through conflicting opinions? How do you figure this out? It's like going, it's like going to a trial and you hear, you hear you know, the, the, uh, the prosecution and you go, oh, this is a slam dunk. And then you hear the defense and you go, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. They call in their professionals and this group calls in their professionals. How are we supposed to make sense of this? Because the truth is we often go with what we want to hear. So how do we make a decision? Well, let me, let me illustrate, okay? What do you need when the moral laws don't apply. For, for example, here, here's, one, here's one where the moral laws apply. Let's say that you're at work and the opportunity for an adulterous affair comes across your desk. <laughs> or an opportunity for to fornicate. You're a Christian. I hope you don't say, hmm, I better pray about this. I've got a decision here. Do I, do I sleep with him? Do I sleep with her? Oh, this is a tough one. I better call. You don't do that, do you? I hope not. You, you, why? Because the moral law is pretty clear on that. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not fornicate. Okay? I mean, the moral law is clear. In other words, when it comes to decision making, you may, you may still struggle with temptations. Yes. But when it comes down to making the decision, you, you don't really have to turn over heaven and earth. God has made it clear regarding that decision. But what do you do when the moral law doesn't apply? For example, you can search all day in the book of Revelations about which job to take. <laughs> and you're not going to go find an answer. You know, what, what, what should I move here? Uh, should I take this job? There's many, many, many decisions in life where the moral law does not apply. There's not something that says yes or clearly and no clearly. So what do you do? Young people, listen to me. What do you do when the moral law is not clear and you have decisions to make? Here's what you, here's what you need. You need wisdom. You need wisdom. Now, what is wisdom? 
Wisdom, just a simple definition, wisdom is being plugged into God's reality. I mean, there's the world's unreality, but there's God's reality. Or another word for that is truth. Truth and reality are in the same family. We need, when there's no clear, you know, don't do this or I can't seem to find an answer. You need wisdom. Let me, let me, let me illustrate this away. A person might say, well, if the Bible doesn't clearly forbid it, I'm going to do it. Just show me in the Bible. If, it, if, the, Bible, if the Bible doesn't forbid it, then I feel, I feel like I'm free to do it. See, there, there are some Christian people who think in those terms. Again, we, we ask, what does the Bible say about this? And we're kind of we're left going, hmm, hmm, no, no, no clarity here. And so how do we make this decision? Well, if the Bible doesn't forbid it, I'm, I'm going to do it. But then a wise person, a person with insight, a person with understanding, a wise person might say this. Well, you know, here, here's some things, here's some other things uh, that you're not seeing that you need to consider. And friends, I want to say to you, this is exactly what Paul is saying in our text. It's exactly what he's saying. I want you to look at it with me. Look at verse 12. Now, I said a moment ago that the phrase, all things are lawful for me. Notice each time he says it, it's in quotation marks. What Paul is doing is he's quoting a saying of his day. There was a saying going around in his day, an attitude, a mindset going around in his day that said, all things are lawful for me. Apparently, the church was even adapting this kind of thought. All things are lawful for me. I've been saved by the blood of Jesus. I'm free. Christ has set me free. And so all things are lawful for me. I can do this. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not saved anymore by avoiding it. All things are lawful. But notice what Paul said next. But not all things are helpful. Now, that's him. That's He's not re- repeating a quote of his day. He's saying, this is, how, this is how I think about it. This is how the Holy Spirit is, is, is guiding me to speak to you. It's not helpful. And then he goes on to say, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by them. Notice what Paul's doing here. Paul is not simply saying, you know, he, he's not saying, look, here, he's not saying you should view things this way. Is it okay or is it not okay? For some people, that's all that matters. Is it okay? The Bible says it's okay, I'm going to do it. If, if the Bible doesn't forbid it, then I guess I can do it. I'm free to do it. See, for the follower of Christ, there are other things to consider. There are other options. Paul is touching here on the subject of Christian freedom. Remember I said a moment ago, now that marijuana is becoming legal in certain areas. Some within the church are saying, you know, maybe we need to think about this. Maybe this is part of our Christian freedom. You know, maybe maybe, maybe getting high with my friend, I can tell him about Jesus. Oh, yeah, I know we, we laugh at that, but I'm serious. I'm very serious. Because it's inevitable that people will think this way. 
I can come over to Buddy's house. We'll talk about the Bible while we, you know, he likes to smoke. I'll smoke with him. I'm free. I'm lo- it's lawful for me to do it. I'll do it. Paul is touching here on a very important subject for us of Christian freedom. The scripture tells us, for freedom, Christ has set you free. What does that mean? Does that mean as a Christian, does it mean first that I can do anything I want to do because Christ has set me free? I'm a child of God. My name's written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm good to go. I can do whatever I want because Christ has set me free. Is that what this means? Well, I think this is a helpful way of defining it, and you'll see it on the overhead Through his sacrificial death, Jesus Christ fulfilled the law, setting believers free from the law of sin and death. God's laws are now written in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Now notice this next phrase. And we are free to follow and serve Christ in ways that please and glorify him. Now what's that tell you? What should that tell you about Christian freedom? It should say, Christian freedom is more about a freedom for, okay, a freedom for than a freedom to. In other words, we now have a freedom to live for the glory of God. Something we were not free to do when we were enslaved to sin. We have been set free to live our lives for the glory of God. And it is a glorious freedom. And so for Paul, he might put it this way. Let's say somebody come along with this question and said, Paul, should a Christian smoke pot? Paul might put it this way. Well, I'm free to use marijuana, but it would be foolish to use my freedom in that way. Right? Paul might say it, but I'm free. I'm free. I'm free to use marijuana. But... I think it'd be foolish for me to use my freedom in that way. Why? Because Christ has set me free and my Christian freedom is a gift. Do you realize that our Christian freedom is a gift from God? Christ has set us free. It's a gift that leads to serving the Lord and serving others with care, attention, skill, and singleness of heart. And it's hard for me to imagine that pot will help us do that. Really, when you understand and we understand what we're free for, it's hard to imagine that smoking pot could help us in doing that. So, we need wisdom. And wisdom will ask at least two questions from this passage. And look at them with me. Wisdom will ask this, is it helpful? Notice what Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. It's an interesting word. It means to edify. So, so you, word, word used for building, a building, you know. And when you think about it, we're, we're being built. The church is being built into a building, a building of living stones, you see. And so that's why the scripture talks about us being edified. Being edified and edifying one another. We're to build up one another. Be be helpful. Be helpful in the goal. In the goal of being a habitation unto our Lord. So, wisdom would not just simply say, does the Bible say I can or can't, you know. The wisdom would say, 
Is this helpful? Is it smoking pot or whatever it may be, whatever else it may be? Is this really helpful for my Christian life? Is it helpful for me in my walk with the Lord Jesus? Is it it helpful for me in my edification or my edifying of others? And why would we ask it that way? Why? Because recreational marijuana is a psychoactive drug consumed to alter one's mental state in a way that modifies emotions, perceptions, and feelings. When THC enters the human body, it brings an intoxicating effect that's what's called a high. Now, someone will say to you, and they may say to me, well, have you ever tried it? You know, you you say these things, you say these things, and you, you, you act like you know, but have you ever tried it? Well, look, that, you know who that sounds like? It sounds like Willie Nelson. I mean, so just a few weeks ago, Willie Nelson, you know, you know, kind of countering Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, and uh, Jeff, Jeff said some things that probably would have been better left unsaid, but Willie made it worse by saying, I wonder if he's ever tried it. As if to say, as if to say, if you try it, if you try it, you'll understand it better. You know, I want to say, Willie, look, I haven't sprinkled, I don't have to sprinkle cyanide on my ice cream to know that it's probably not a good idea. I don't have to do that. I think, I think I've, gathered, I've gathered quite a bit of information to, to really at least say this. I don't think this is a good idea for me as a believer. See, marijuana alters the way our minds process thoughts Marijuana is a reality distorter. It does not enhance your ability to understand reality. It distorts it. It is unhelpful in our pursuit of understanding the reality of God. So wisdom would say, is this helpful? And we'd have to say, no. Wisdom will also ask a second question, is this enslaving? Notice Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved by anything. See, some claim that pot is not addictive. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to argue that, but I will say this. Perhaps the bodies of pot smokers are not addicted, but their mind is certainly addicted. How, how would we know that? Why? Because food, porn, gambling, sex, pot, all work in the same way. Users are looking for an escape from reality. Therefore, the mind grabs onto the vice, whatever the vice may be. And if you think about it long enough, what is the first great command? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's hard for me to understand how we will be free to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our mind, which marijuana distorts and alters our mind, it will be hard for us to obey that command. Christians should seriously, now listen, Christians should seriously consider the impact of any substance. We'll talk more about alcohol next week. Christians should seriously consider the impact of any substance upon the virtue and excellence that our Savior intends for us. See, you cannot escape 
When you read the New Testament, the calling of our Lord upon our lives for excellence and virtue, we must take that seriously. And marijuana will not help us toward that end. You'll notice also in the New Testament, we're called to sober-mindedness, to be alert, to be self-controlled, and pot will not help us toward this calling. So let me turn the corner toward home now. So as Christians examine their Christian freedom over this issue, should they smoke pot? And I am persuaded the answer is clearly no. Clearly no. Now someone might say this to me. Now Brother Van, why would God mind if I just want to kick back, relax, and unwind after a hard day? Why would God mind if minding my own business, in my own house, sitting on my own back porch, and I light one up after a hard day? Why in the world would God mind that? Someone might say, what's the difference between, say, a person who has an irreparably damaged nervous system from multiple sclerosis who finds help from medical marijuana, what's the difference between them finding help and me finding help with my stress? Now, really, really, you do understand there's a difference, right? And so if, if, if you're that person who you know, kind of quietly would wonder these things, I want to work through just a few questions here that I would like for you to seriously ask. One, why are you pushing this so hard? Why, why are you trying to find a justifiable reason to get out? Why, why, why would you push? Why would you say, well, I just don't understand. Well, I just don't understand. Well, what's the difference? Well, why, why are you pushing this point so hard? And then ask this. Why are you seek, seeking an escape through smoking pot? Because that's what you're doing. You may not understand it. You may not believe that. You may just say, look, I'm just trying to kick back. But you're seeking an escape. And look, I get it. We live in a very, very complicated world. I'm sure every one of us in this room have, have faced stress this week and, and, and thought, man, you know, I'm having a difficult time coping with this. This is trial in my life. This, I'm facing this. This just doesn't go right. This didn't work out. Man, I'm about to come apart. So I think we all could agree on that. You might ask this question as well. What emotional or spiritual pain are you struggling with and trying to soothe and medicate? Because you see, what's really going on at a deeper level is a heart issue. It's a heart issue and it's a trust issue. Now, remember, I'm speaking to Christians today. Not, I'm not addressing the world. I'm talking about those of you who profess to be followers of Jesus Christ. If you are pushing hard on this issue, 
or if it's an issue for you and you're trying to escape, here's, here's what's going on. It's a heart issue and it's a trust issue. Because if Every believer is going to face the trials and the tribulations of this life. We're going to have to find a way to cope. And here's what, here's what God calls us to do. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn of me. See, Jesus is inviting us to a close walk with him. And he's saying, if we'll learn of him, we'll come to him, we'll walk with him, he will give us rest for our troubled souls. We need to trust him on that. Instead of trying to find other things to help us to cope with all the problems in life, we need to trust Jesus. We need to trust our Lord when he says this, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. The word cares there, by the way, is anxieties. You say, well, how do I do that? All of it's in the context of prayer. See, prayer is far more important than you and I really realize. It's a way of casting. It's a way of just casting our worries, our anxieties, all these things that gnaw at us. And and, and cause us to say, how am I going to cope with this? How am I going to deal with this as a Christian? Follow Jesus and pray. Cast your cares upon. Trust Him. We must trust Him. And so, could it be that you're self medicating? You're trying to cope. Understand that. But all of this is pointing to an issue of the heart that you're really not putting your trust in the Lord. One more question. If you as a believer are confused over this issue, would you ask yourself this question and do it seriously? Will pot smoking make me a better mom? Will smoking pot make me a better mom? Will it make me a better dad? Now seriously, ask yourself that. Will it make you a better employee at work? Will it make you a better church member? Will it make you a better servant to others? Will it make you a better servant unto your Lord? And I think if you ask yourself that question seriously, you'll have to say no. And furthermore, does it? Does it glorify the God who has redeemed you? In other words, if, if you say, look, I'm, I'm going to live my life when, I, when, I, when things get difficult, I'm going to run to the weed. I'm going to run to this vice. I'm going to run to this vice rather than run to the Lord Jesus. How in the world does that glorify him to others? People are watching us. They're watching not just what we say, but how we handle our lives, what we do with our money, what we do with our time, what we do with our cares, and how we cope. Wisdom will ask and seek answers to these questions as we seek to be a more effective and faithful servant of the Lord Jesus.